Focus on human behavior with Ayla Akaza Gonzalez from Reflect Digital. Brought to you by Majestic, I'm David Bain and this is SEO in 2022. Ayla, what is your number one SEO tip for 2022? So it's pretty much increasing human focus on our SEO strategies through human behavior and cognitive biases. Okay, that sounds complicated. <laughs> well, what kind of cognitive biases might an SEO might have? Listen, it does sound complicated. It sounds like, oh my gosh, what are you saying? Are you crazy? <laughs> I'm an SEO person. I'm not a psychologist. But uh, it's not actually that complicated. And most of the things, we know it. We just don't think of it most of the time. So obviously, there are dozens of beha different behaviors and biases we should be learning from. But it is true that for me, there are a couple of them that are like super important. They're like key when it comes to SEO, but not just SEO, it also campaigns in general for paid. Um, the first one for me, that one of the most important is the avail availability heuristic, heuristic. Not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, <laughs> yes. but pretty much sure. what it means is, is, is it's a mental shortcut that um, what it does is it makes things easier to remember. Mm -hmm. So. And that helps us make a decision. But that doesn't mean what we remember is the right thing. It's So what we remember is based on repetition and recency. So it's pretty much how long ago we heard and saw that information. So it could be that you've seen lately that the, I don't know, robberies in your neighborhood had, have increased. So you're like, oh my gosh, my neighborhood is not safe anymore, mm. which is actually not true. It's just... This last time, there's been a group that has been stealing things. But it doesn't mean that your neighborhood is not safe anymore. But we tend to think that just because we've seen it repeating a lot recently. Understood. So um, what you're essentially recommending is for SEOs to try to help to make a brand more memorable. So when someone's actually ready to buy, then they'll go to that brand instead of someone else. So, yeah, it's pretty much making the content easy to be remember like let's have nuggets of of content that is easy um so there's there's more to it like obviously we need to understand that i mean we're becoming this has been always like this but now more with the mobile phone and and, and all these social medias coming up we need to have all the information fast and quick and i need to be able to understand the concept in a in a quickie let's say <laughs> so pretty much what it means is that in for instance, if I'm on Instagram and I'm seeing your ads, I don't want to see numbers. I don't want to see a lot of text. I want to see an image that's showing me what exactly you're selling me. So for instance, if you're selling me leggings for the gym, don't show me that your leggings are made with, I don't know how much percent of, I don't know what fabric. Show me how it looks like in that video or that picture. So it would be the same thing for content. Show me in that content, not 2000 words. Show me in a short way how this is working, how it's beneficial for me. Understood. So essentially it means giving someone 10 seconds to view your web page and then to cover it up and then to ask the person, okay, what's that web page about? What's the content about and why is it relevant for you? Yeah. So like, yeah, exactly. And and making that emotional connection. So you could use visuals, you could just highlights of the text work on it with your UX team to make that content alive that makes a connection with the user. And that also, obviously, we need to understand where the user is at the purchase funnel so that we can connect in a deeper level, saying, like, you're looking for this. You're already in the, in the consideration phase, let's say. 
and you're thinking about me and I'm the one for you. So there's a lot to work on there uh, and it means a lot of synergies with other teams. But obviously, the better we create this content and the more relatable for the user and the more emotional connection we have with the user, the higher chances we have for that that conversion. Okay. Uh, What does this mean generally in practice in terms of content style? Is it important to have short, snappy paragraphs, short paragraphs, perhaps write to a reader that might be assumed to be... um, a, a lesser age than they actually are. So you're kind of dumbing down the um, the the effort that it takes to actually understand what you're trying to write? I guess it would depend here on where we're going back to the, the purchase funnel, where they are. So if they're in the awareness phase, we need to be aware that they might not know much about the product. They just know that they have a need. For instance, they need, I don't know, something like i'm going to go back to the leggings they need leggings they're usually they usually buy them in zara or h&m or whatever Mm -hmm. but they know they need something better but they don't know much about it so they'll start from what are the best leggings so they'll come to you in the awareness phase and then what is the consideration phase what is the we're ready to buy it phase so we need to understand and and build our site based on those on those phases and then depending on the face, we need to create content that is related to that. So this all comes from the keywords in the end. The keyword research is what is going to tell us, in this keyword, this is the intent they have. In this keyword, this is the other intent they have. Obviously, and this is what we, I think a lot of agencies struggle with, that is all of the different channels tend to work in silos. So this is not just an SEO thing. All the, all the different channels need to work together to make sure we're sending the right people to the right page. So for instance, if PPC is having an awareness campaign, don't send them directly to the product page mainly. Send them to the awareness page. Maybe it's a blog post or the category page, whatever it is. So work together. Don't work in silos. So we ensure that this strategy, it's been fully integrated and works perfectly. So how do you measure the success of doing this from an SEO perspective? Um, is it the fact that people will spend longer on your web pages and go further down your purchase funnel as a result of implementing targeting human behaviours as opposed to just content for keywords or are there better ways of measuring it? So not Pretty much, I would say that's one of the biggest ways to, to, to measure it. But you need to understand what is engagement to you. What does engagement mean to you and your, and your, and your page? Mm-hmm. Is it an awareness page? You want them to spend more time. You want them to visit more pages. Um, or is it in the conversion and in the product page where you don't want them to spend that much time, yet you want them to go straight to the conversion? So I feel it's a little bit case-to-case basis. But it goes, yes, from engagement, like what are the different engagement metrics you consider are important for you to obviously increasing conversions in the end, because this is why we're doing this. So what about if you have different personas and um, for your different personas, there are different reasons why they would purchase a pair of leggings. There are different um, <laughs> things that would resonate with the, those different two different personas. Um, so so ha- from an SEO perspective, how do you actually ensure that your page is optimized for the for, for the human that's reading the page when it could be um, a human after different things? That's uh, that's an interesting one. We actually have a client where we had that situation, like um, in the same page, we're receiving people that are 
totally different mm -hmm. from different stages in their life in this case, yet we're offering the same service for them. So what we're trying to do is um, we're going to try different things because in the end we have to A-B test everything. I mean, we need to try if one page works for everyone or if we have to create different landing pages for that. And for that, we're working with the UX team really closely to do A-B testing to understand is this working, is this not working? How can we um, focus this page um, should it be with more visuals and less text or should it be more text and less visuals? So all these things, I think, is a synergy with the UX team and the CRO team, depending on how you're structured. Um, and then in the end, it's A-B testing because in the end, every audience, like every human is a different world. It's the same thing with every audience. All of it's totally different. Depends on your sector as well. Some people might, might be or some sectors might be more niche and they might need different landing pages for the same product but just different ways of using it for instance. So how do you define your different audiences? Do you take data in from your pay-per-click campaigns, your your paid search campaigns and, and use that as a way to actually feed your SEO success to dissect your visitors into different audiences? Yeah, it could be paid, uh, paid information as well as analytics. If you have enough analytics data you could also make personas out of it. And then obviously there's research on, on the, if it's a country, if it's a market, uh, there are different ways to get the, the information from it. I'm lucky that in my company, we have a team that is, that works on personas and so on. They know all the resources and all the sources for this, which I don't. <laughs> I'm the lucky one that doesn't get to get into the nitty gritty of that. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on how search engines detect changes in human behavior and deliver different content according to who they think the user is and what they want? Um, I mean, I think they're getting better because... In the end, we can see that happening. In the end, they, they look at your at what you're doing, what you've been looking at. They might be still slow on it. Yes, I mean they're machines. They're not. <laughs> they're not humans. They don't change trends as, as fast as we do. But um, I saw recently that Google is starting to crawl, or Facebook is opening to to crawl um, to let them crawl their pages. So I think with that, Google might be able to, you know switch a little bit more their rank brain and be able to understand and adapt faster to trends, to whatever um, users are looking at and how their behavior is changing so fastly. And how does this fit into an overall marketing strategy? So is this something, this analysis on on different types of audiences, um, ensuring that your content reflects immediately what people are looking for and resonates with them straight away is, is this work that maybe is just done once every six months and then forgotten about and then refocused again for another six months or is it something that needs to be done on an ongoing basis ideally it would be ongoing i mean <laughs> ideally we would be always doing this because in the end we're always creating content we always have campaigns for paid social yada yada going on so we always need to make sure we're delivering the right message we're delivering the right the right thing at the right time. Like we're going back to the recency, we're going back to, to all of that. Um, so ideally it would be ongoing, although I understand that agencies might not have the time um, to do that. So obviously as soon as possible, like, sorry, as soon as possible, no, as often as possible, it would be ideal to to have it done. Um, but it is true, is what I was saying before, if you don't work together with your between your organic and non-organic channels, it might not work because in the end, 
the paid teams, the social teams, those are the ones that are going to bring you the traffic the fastest. Through them is where you're going to be able to test this, if this is working or not the fastest, because as we know, organic takes a little bit of time. Have you seen organic results uh, being improved by surprising actions? For instance, driving traffic from email uh, and demonstrating that um, the piece of content is very popular or, or uh, successful and um, therefore Google deciding actually that piece of content should be ranked a little bit higher? I can't put my finger and say that. Because <laughs> okay. the, the clients I've been working on in general, they've been quite big. So there's always something going on. Okay. There's always emails going on. There's always paid. There's always social. So it's not like because of this, this happened. Um, I have seen because of a, not a social campaign, but, but because a paid overall paid campaign, I've seen organic increasing. Um, yet again, it was about a launch of a really famous makeup brand. So could I say it was because of paid? I can't really say 100%. Yes, it was because of that. It's, it's really <laughs> difficult to isolate reasons like that. The only reason I ask is I, I interviewed um, Ran Fishkin a few years ago, and um, he was saying that um, he, he he decided that actually the, the click-through from his Moz email newsletter was actually potentially impacting for a short period of time SERP results or SERP, SERP rankings. And um, Google was perhaps with the increase in traffic, testing whether it was appropriate to increase that particular listing um, a, a little bit more. And it's it's, it's challenging it to tie different to channels together. And the, the normal theory, I guess, says that um, the algorithm um, looks at organic actions um, and doesn't take into uh, effect uh, other sources of traffic. But you never know. You never know. And... Well, if it does or if it doesn't, what we need to think about is how it doesn't matter because in the end, what the paid teams are doing is actually bringing awareness, is putting our name out there, is being in the in the user subconscious all the time. So when they need something, thanks to the paid teams, they'll be like, oh, wait, this brand was telling me something about this and that. So organically, they will come to us. Mm. So this is why I'm saying it's so important to work together because... We we don't work in silos. We should not be a silo. It's not like, oh, I do this and this doesn't affect anyone. No. Whatever they do and whatever I do, it's going to impact each other. We're an orchestra. If we exactly. don't play together. It, it brings it back to your original <laughs> tip, which is focus on human behavior. And, and that's not even necessarily just users. It's actually people working in other de marketing departments as well. How can you join forces and make the overall customer experience a little bit more fluid because you're working so effectively together. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's totally bad in the end. <laughs> so if an SEO is struggling for time and they agree that actually they should understand humans a little bit more and, and focus on humans and not just the technical side of things, but they're very busy, what, what's one thing an SEO might be doing just now that is probably not a great use of their time that they should probably stop doing in order to spend more time doing what you suggest? A lot of people might shout at me now, but like, stop chasing Google that much. <laughs> I mean, we, we've seen how Google, yes, technically speaking, it's really important that we are ready for them, that, you know, all the technical stuff, the HTML, JavaScript, yada, 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 it's there 100%. But everything else, I think that Google is actually fixing their algorithm so it adapts to humans. 
Why are we chasing Google? Let's chase the humans. <laughs> that would be it. <laughs> That's a great piece of advice. Chase the humans. Yeah, you can find exactly. Ayla Ikeza Gonzalez over at reflectdigital.co.uk. Ayla, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2022. Yes, thank you very much for having me. Check out the rest of the content from SEO in 2022 over at seoin2022.com. <laughs> <laughs>